is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Let's hit the waiver wire. Welcome to the show, everybody, here on Tuesday morning. Talking fantasy football, getting you ready for your waiver wire claims tonight, your fab bids tonight. First, uh, fill in the blank, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Monday night football doubleheaders are blank. Awesome. The absolute bane of my existence. <laughs> That's the absolute bane of your existence. Yes. Have you been to a dentist? Not for a while. Oh, that's bad, Heath. Ooh. We gotta talk yeah. about that. Jamie, I loved it. Jamie, Jamie loved it. Heath, what the hell? What, what's wrong with more football? I loved it in the moment. I didn't enjoy, like, I'm not Jamie. I don't function on four hours of sleep or three <laughs> uh, hours of sleep. Two, two hours, I think. Yeah. Are you I serious? Got, no, I don't. No, he, Jamie, take a nap. Come on. I'm worried about you. I, uh, I was watching the game and then I thought, you know, I'll wait till the second game to start tweaking some rankings and writing the waiver wire column. Then I waited till the game was over and I started doing it. And so it was, it was a long night. You don't even drink coffee. I uh, know. Yeah. So he's a weirdo. No, I'm, he's a, I'm weirdo. a vampire though. Vampire. Yeah. Uh, well, vampires at least sleep during the day. Um, so yeah, we got to talk about last night's game. We got to talk about Sunday's game. Even though I watched Sunday's game on Monday morning, I already knew the score. I was still wait, 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 like, so before captivated. You before you finish. So Dave. Yeah. Uh, last year for most of the season when we would podcast Sunday night, I would have to, I was in a different room. I couldn't watch the game. So we're watching the game and in real time, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. And oh yeah. I, and yeah. Adam's not. I almost came barging in. Adam's not, room. Adam's not watching it and he's like, oh, you're, you're joking. You're kidding. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, no. <It laughs> Thankfully by the time, the, by the time the, our show ended, he was healthy. He was. Um, and it was a great game to watch, even though I knew the outcome. So we'll talk about those games. But let's start with our top three waiver wire priorities, regardless of position. Fellas, your top three priorities. Hit me. I don't think there's a silver bullet, number one. I think it really comes down to what you need. And a lot of people still need tight ends. And George Kittle is out there, 69% owned. He's still out there in a little bit of leagues. Ebron, 52%. I would go after those two if I don't need anything. But there are a lot of interesting receivers and a lot of interesting running backs. I think a lot of people will make a run at Philip Lindsay, who's out there in 98% of leagues. So I'm going to say Kittle, Ebron, Lindsay, not necessarily in that order and definitely dependent on what you need. Dave forgot my number one. He forgot the number one. Ooh, Who the number one. TJ Yeldon. If Leonard Fournette is out, TJ yeah, Yeldon. That's a big hit. They yelled, they're optimistic that he'll play. And if he does, they, then... we still haven't mentioned the number one. Oh, Quincy? Quincy a new one. The bet the jet the best Jets receiver? The the best Jets receiver until Sam Darnold can throw the ball more than ten yards. He's not even my number one receiver. Yeah, for me it's uh it's Yeldon one, Lindsay two, and then with three. And I don't think it's close. Well, who's your number one receiver, Dave? Chris Godwin. Thirty one percent owned. Uh, which <laughs> Jamie told me this morning like he wasn't even on my list. Because I just assumed that people were smart and they were drafting him late. And it looks like only a third of the CBS sports Fantasy football loving audience is smart. But there are, I mean, there are a lot, a lot of options. I'm, I'm trying to add Buck Allen anywhere I didn't already have him on my bench, which is almost nowhere. Um, Eckler. Uh, guys, guys, like, you're missing, you're missing arguably the number one. Uh, Jared Cook. Tyler Lockett. And Jared Cook is very interesting as well. What about Brandon Marshall? I don't know if Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett's not even the, the, the best 
Seahawks receiver again. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that you had Marshall ranked ahead of him. The snap counts are pretty interesting there. Lockett played 98% of the snaps. Marshall played 65%. Now, Marshall did have, I think, two more targets. Um, but I don't and, know. And, I, and should have had one more touchdown. Marshall's like a fantasy corpse. I mean, we were totally counting him out. I'm not sure that. Here, here's the thing. And it's funny because I'm actually in the middle of writing this right now. Um, Marshall is the, is the safer play. Lockett is the higher ceiling play. So depending on what you're looking for and what you want, that's, I think, how you have to approach the Seahawks receivers. But we don't know how long Baldwin's going to be out for. I've got at we know least five out, receivers though. I like better than either of those guys. I have, uh, I have them, <laughs> uh, fifth. One, two, three, four, fifth. The, the, the two of them back to back, fifth at right. receiver. Fifth and sixth. Um, all right. So there are a lot of wide receivers and unfortunately a lot of them are going to, you know, be kind of one week wonder. So we'll try to sort through. I mean, Quincy Anuma got 10 targets. Robbie Anderson got one and he caught it for a long touchdown. They faced the Dolphins this week who I, I still don't think are going to have a good defense. We don't care what we, right? Like we still don't think the Dolphins are a I, tough match. I certainly don't think they're going to have a good defense on the road. They might have a good defense down here. If they played Blaine Gabbard every week, they'd have a good defense. Howard will be tough for Robbie Anderson. Um, yeah, Chris Godwin, 31% owned. Deshaun Jackson's dealing with a concussion, so that certainly helps Godwin. George Kittle, not in Jamie's waiver wireless because the cutoff is 65% owned, right? Yep. Um, it, hypothetically, would you rather have Kittle or, or Jared Cook, who is your number one oh, tight end? Kittle. Kittle. Yeah. It's, it's Kittle. Um, Jared Cook, like, I, I'm gonna have him ranked in the top six this week. It's a good matchup against oh. the Broncos. Oh. But it is, we, it is. We, we know what to, like, don't, don't you, say you, nobody ever warned you, you. You said this when Gruden was hired about uh Greg Olson, which is 100% accurate. Yep. They like the tight end, and you saw that they were featuring him. It wasn't just like he had a couple of big plays. Right. He had 12 targets. I mean, it was go, Jared, go, and and he was really their only bright spot. That was his fifth game in the last five years with 100 yards receiving. In the games following, he has totaled one catch for 10 yards, <laughs> one catch for 7 yards, two catches for 36 yards, Four catches for 57 yards. Oh, what a stat. What a great stat. I love it. That's Jared Cook we're talking about. And, you know, it is not uncommon, guys, to see a team like the Rams that have great cornerbacks be bad against tight ends. You know, it's kind of like a Broncos thing that we used to see when they had Tlaib and Harris. Sometimes that they were vulnerable against tight ends, and maybe that was the case last night. I mean, he really just didn't go – Derek Carr did not really go to Amari Cooper or Jordy yeah, Nelson that much. Seven targets combined to those two guys. Yeah, so that is something to consider. And they have Ricky Seals-Jones this week, uh, the Cardinals facing the Rams. So maybe that's a, a flyer you could take if you need a tight end. Uh, and you can't get Ebron or um, or Kittle. I took a look at snap – I'm sure we all took a look at snap counts. Uh, but we haven't really done a segment on snap counts. Going to try to do that later today. But what I thought was interesting – Jack Doyle played 94% of the snaps, and Eric Ebron, Ebron played uh, 45%. He played 40 fewer snaps than Doyle. That well, doesn't even, mean you shouldn't pick him even up. If, if Ebron's a top five tight end this year and Doyle's number 14, Doyle's still going to play more snaps than Ebron. He blocks more. Okay. He also got more targets. So, I mean, yeah. it wasn't just a snap count. He was, right. he was featured more in the game. If you take away the touchdown, he's a, the better tight end, even with the fumble. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see if we can learn anything from snap counts in week one. All right, so the names are Kittle, Ebron, Philip Lindsay, Quincy Inunua, uh Chris Godwin. Who am I missing? Yeldon. Yeah, TJ Yeldon, right. But Yeldon's the tricky one because, you know, do you want to burn a lot of fab on Yeldon if you're not the Fournette owner? Do you want to use your number one waiver wire priority on him? Because he might be useless this week against the Patriots if Fournette plays. You still should add him because of Fournette's track record, and he's still going to be involved in the passing game quite a bit. And if Fournette doesn't play, I think he's a top 15 running back this week. A hundred percent. 
But would you rather add Philip Lindsay or TJ Yeldon? I think it depends on your team. Go go on. Oh, I mean, if you <laughs> like, if you're the Bell owner that needs help uh, long term, you know, or depending on how long Bell's going to be out, you're probably looking at at Lindsay because there's a little bit more staying power with him. But if you need something to help you win this week, and Fournette is out, you're going to play Yeldon over Lindsay. My read on the waiver wire is that aside from those two guys, there aren't great running back options. Agree or disagree? Fuck Allen. I mean, mm. yeah. If if Alice Collins is punished again for fumbling again, and Kenneth Dixon's out again, a lot of agains. <laughs> it's it's going to be Allen. Okay, and, good and I think it's even if point. Collins is not, Allen's going to be the pass catching back. He's he was that. That was his role in the game. But he's not great. He's and the not a back. great player. He was a, he was a fullback on the play. He's not that's a goal the, that's their back. signature play. Collins had a short yardage touchdown. I'm going to make too. a compilation of all of the Buck Allen fullback dives <laughs> Ravens have run in the oh, last wow. year. Oh wow, that's going to go viral. Can't wait for that. All right, so how much fab would you be willing to spend on whoever you want the most this week? I'm not dying for anybody. That's the weird thing about this week. Usually after week one, there's one or two guys that you're just absolutely dying for. If Kittle was there and I just lost Walker Olsen, I could see going up to 18%. Sure. And I'd be, I'd use maybe half that to try and get Ebron. If Fournette is out, Yeldon's worth at least 20%. Um, I think Kanoon was worth close to 15% in PPR. Easily. And I would say say the same thing about Eckler if he's available. But there's nobody out there that's like, 50%. No, nope, no, no, nope, no, 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 no. Don't break the bank for anybody. Right. Now I, I saw that. Like yeah. there are a few leagues where James Conner didn't get picked up before week one. I got some tweets saying, "How much would you spend in Fab on James Conner for you, for waivers that don't run until after week one?" Right. You're gonna have to spend it all. If you 75, I bet. Why I though? Think I, like, I don't think I'd get him. Yeah, but wouldn't that be a mistake? Because Bell's coming back eventually, right? I mean, well, I I don't know. We've been like Bell was coming back Labor Day. I Bell understand. Bell was coming back the Saturday before the season, and I don't know. I'll buy, I'll buy into Schefter's report that he's here by the end of the month. Met in here by in Florida, you know, vacation. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is anyone worth the number one waiver wire priority? If you are so inclined to hang on to that, depends on if you need that tight end. Then you have to do it. And if you, you don't, don't need that, well, then no. Depends if you if you can get through waivers without having to pick somebody up. Because there are a lot of guys that are going to be out there. They may not be great. Like Cook and Ebron, based on the percentages, are going to go. You can't you can't not see them and getting above seventy five percent. It's the the Disley, Johnu Smith, Ian Thomas, Seals Jones, Ben Watson, Safarian Jenkins. Those type of guys you could probably let waivers cycle through. And then if you can make free ad drops, that's probably the smart thing if you don't want to burn that number one. And button. if make sure you know what's going to cause your waiver order to reset. Like number one doesn't mean anything at all if it's resetting every week. Sure, yeah. If you well, hang it on to it that week, until you, well, yeah, but you use it, right? That's how most leagues have it. I don't think many leagues have it where you've got that number one waiver priority until you use it. Uh, you know, well, I, I think I there are, there's some like that. I do hear that more than I more than I would have anticipated. I have what no idea. What percentage of leagues do you think I that? have? No That's idea. Twenty percent. But there's a yes. there's a fraction a faction of our audience that that does play in that format. Right. Why not? Otherwise, I'm not telling you more people use Fab than have that. Well, what, but what I'm saying is the whole should you use the number one waiver wire priority only matters to those people. It doesn't matter to people where it resets. Right. Yeah. And absolutely. That's a case where it depends on what you need, which is yeah. kind of the theme that I think we're going with here. Okay. Um. All right then. So. Keep an eye. I just want to say one thing about Kittle. He had 
five catches for 90 yards on nine targets. He also dropped a touchdown. He could have had a huge game. Um, maybe this was also a situation where good cornerbacks for the Vikings, and I think they, they did have some injuries in their secondary, though. Um, maybe that's why Kittle had such a big game. Do, do you think – how would you compare the legitimacy of what we saw from Kittle to what we saw from Jared Cook last night? The, the problem is that we'll be blinded by Jared Cook's past performances, which, I mean, Heath just brought up and made us all sick over. I, I, I thought all along that Kittle was going to be a big part of the San Francisco operation. And it's not like they didn't target, uh, Garcon. Dante Pettis had a touchdown. Um, and Goodwin got hurt. Maybe Kittle has a couple of fewer targets if Goodwin's in the game for four quarters. But that's also, but a- I, I still feel like he's just a part of the plan. The matchup was probably some of it. I'd rather yeah, have Kittle I, than Cook. I know, I'd rather yeah. Kittle than you, any you of these have guys. To. And, and the thing with Kittle is, with McKinnon going down, as much as they'll use Breida and, and to a lesser extent, use Check and, and Morris, he fills that role for them more so than ever before. Philip Lindsay had 15 carries, same as Royce Freeman. They both had 71 yards. Lindsay had two catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that's in the receiving game. He only had three targets. I know he only had two catches, but does Lindsay show, does Lindsay set up to be a very valuable PPR guy? Is he more valuable in PPR yep. than not? Yeah, yeah. Which is what his role, that, that was the role he was battling for coming into training camp in the preseason. And he did fine. And we haven't said Austin Eckler's name. Who would you rather own, Eckler or Lindsay? Eckler for me. Me too. I'll take my chances on Lindsay just because I, I think he'll be a little bit more involved barring an injury. Now, if there's an injury, Eckler's going to have a much higher ceiling because he'll replace Melvin Gordon. I think if Freeman goes down, he says Sunday night, if Freeman goes down, that's where I think Devontae Booker comes back into play. And I don't think Freeman's at risk of losing playing time. He averaged 4.7 yards. Per so did Lindsay. Both of them had a great game against Seattle's run defense. It's just Lindsay caught a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, Eckler was great, but he only had 10 touches. All right, we also kind of thought- like their Chris Thompson. Yeah, no, he, he I yeah. mean, he, he's, I, I have them back to back. I would take my chances on, on Lindsay over Eckler just because I think he'll do more. We also have to talk about who to drop this week and we will certainly do that, but uh, it's time for our new segment. It is time for the idiot moron, uh, move of the week. We're all going to talk about our worst starts at decision. And I feel bad because I, I don't think I made any that was, that was terrible. None of us probably made any terrible ones. Like they ended up being bad, but I didn't, you know. I didn't do anything that was so outlandish. But we're going to see. Who's the big idiot moron? And if you're confused, what am I talking about? Well, uh, on a show on a Tuesday, I guess probably three Tuesdays ago, uh, Heath and I had just come back from our podcast for the People League draft on Monday night. We drafted Carson Wentz in a 10-team league. It was one of our last picks. And Heath dropped him without my consent during the show. And he, he And I was like, no, you're joking, you're joking. No, he really dropped him. And I was uh, quite mad about it, and then this happened. You really did it. I <laughs> can't believe this. I have a picture to prove it. <laughs> you idiot. You are such an idiot. Like, what the hell is the matter with you? You moron. I hate you. <laughs> so who is the idiot moron of the week? I will start. I started Tyler Eifert over George Kittle in multiple leagues. I did not think Kittle would have a good game against the Vikings. I did think Eifert would have a good game. I may have bought into Eifert a little bit too hard. That was my idiot moron move of the week. I started Tyler Eifert over George Kittle. Anybody else want to volunteer? Uh, I'll go. I lost to a certain fantasy writer by one point this week because I started Jack Doyle in a PPR ahead of George Kittle. Oh, did, you, a, did you did you watch the wow, full uh, Lions 
Jets game yet? Yes. Matt Prater also killed you. Yeah, because he missed. I mean, you one. you right. win you win the bench them obviously, but right. Oh wow, you missed because of that. He that was like a he he missed a pretty easy one, didn't he? He did. And he missed a fifty-six yard yeah. kick also. But yeah, he, I he think missed. Matt Prater is the idiot moron on yeah. your team. Well, but that wasn't a lineup decision. No, no. He's All right. just an idiot. No, no. Moron. But when when I was watching the, I, I knew what the score was uh, between us, and I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, Prater's going to get a field goal here at some point, and we'll probably be tied. And then when they scored, I was like, oh, they scored, and he had a field goal, so he had four points. And I was like, okay, Dave's going to win. Uh, and then when he missed the forty-four yard field goal, I was like, yes, I got it. So that's yeah, the fantasy writer. I had seven games last night that I had a chance to win on Monday Night Football, and I think I won one of them. I also, I made an idiot moron move letting Heath leave the building on Friday without him trading me James Conner in our Dynasty League. And I think, I think I, I'm, call me crazy, Heath, and you'll say, no, you, you didn't do this. I think I was close to a deal where I was willing to give up Jimmy Graham and something else. Yeah. In the Dynasty League. I made you the counteroffer. What was the offer? What was the counteroffer? Jimmy Graham and Anthony Miller for James Conner. I said yes to that. So we should go retroactively (laughs) and make that happen. You said no to that? And then I think I went, yeah, I said no to that. I love Anthony Miller. Yeah, but Conner's going to be the Steelers starting running back next year. For, maybe? Maybe? I don't think there's a maybe. Well, maybe now there's not a maybe. All right, back to, back to idiot morons. So far I've got Dave beat because starting Eifert over Doyle. You know, I started Eifert instead of Kittle. You started Doyle instead of Kittle. So far I win. Heath, Jamie, what do you got? The most painful of all my idiot, idiot moron moves this week. Uh, remember like June when I was the Isaiah Cruel guy? And then (laughs) July? And then August, and then all the way up until week three of the preseason when I finally caved and put Bilal Powell ahead of Isaiah Crowell. I started Powell, had Crowell on my bench last night, and lost by two points. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. That's a contender. Powell over Crowell. Jamie, what was your worst move? Uh, I didn't have any bad lineup decisions. I just had a bad tweet. So after the uh, Sam Darnold interception, I tweeted, Lions DST was the easiest play of the week. <laughs> no. Or one, excuse me, one of the easiest, one of the easiest calls of the week. And I, I'm, I'm still not hearing the end of that one. So. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, it wasn't an idiot more, more. It is pretty impressive to not have any bad lineup decisions all week. Um, well, when you set 20 <laughs> million different lineups, I'm not going to go through it's them all. It's all right. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'm not going to play Adam's game. All right. So who's the I'll winner here? Game. Oh, pow. I think, I think it might be me. What do you guys think? Eifert over Crow, oh, Eifert over Kittle. Can't be Dave because my decision was worse than Dave's. Powell over Crowell. Or... Um, you are the idiot moron because if you'd never thrown the fit over Carson Wentz, we would have picked up Adrian Peterson and we would have won in that league. Fine, I, I accept that. However, I swear if you drop Carson Wentz, I'm going no, like it's over. Do not do it. No way. Injuries, news, and notes. Aaron Rodgers may not be able to play this week. So if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, are you going to start any Packers? Any Packers? I'm nervous about Rodgers if he does play. Yeah. This I, is a tough matchup. This is a tough spot for all the Packers. Everybody's going to run to Randall Cobb again. He's got a horrible track record against the Vikings. Uh, you can't start Geronimo Allison in this game, even though he looked great. I would say Jimmy Graham and Adams are the only ones you're starting, and Adams is, I mean, Graham is kind of by default. Yeah, I'm starting Adams for sure. Uh, I'm starting Rodgers if he plays. And I'm probably starting Graham. I, I don't I, like if we look at all the wide receivers and what they've done against the Vikings, we will have nice debates about Devontae Adams because I mean they're just amazing. Xavier Rhodes is just the best, uh, arguably. But we, you know what? We have plenty of time for that. Marcus Mariota likely to play this week. 
Buffalo has not decided on a quarterback yet, and I said this on Sunday, I believe, but Chris Mortensen reported that Carson Wentz has not been ruled out for week two. I'm assuming we don't expect Carson Wentz? No, not as no. Know. Okay. Uh, running backs, Leonard Fournette day-to-day, LeGarrette Blunt left with a knee injury. Let's get a little carry-on Johnson in there. Uh, I don't know that- The Lions can't run. They I don't know that run. Blunt could have looked any worse yesterday. Uh, Jeremy Hill out for the season. That's a pretty big one. What's the impact of Jeremy Hill being out for the year with a torn ACL? It's great news for Rex Burkhead. Assuming he can hold up. And Sonny Michelle if he's healthy. Once, yeah, sure. And once James that White currently. Yeah, it, it's great news for fantasy because now we've got one less chef in the kitchen. Basically everyone but Jeremy Hill. Well, it's bad for him. Yeah. Jay Ajayi is going to be a workhorse for the Eagles. That's also great news. Yeah, and that came straight from the coach. The coach said that he needs more playing time and more touches. Doug Baldwin is a partially happens. torn MCL. There's no timetable for his return. Deshaun Jackson, concussion, and Marquise Goodwin day-to-day with a bruised thigh. So I think that's why we won't be going crazy over Dante Pettis because Goodwin has a good chance to play this week. Delaney Walker's out for the season with a broken ankle and a ligament, and ligament damage. John U. Smith is his replacement in Tennessee. And on the offensive line, left tackle Taylor Lewan for the Titans. He's in the concussion protocol as they get ready for Houston. They're going to need him against Houston. Uh, Detroit guard TJ Lang left with an injury. They're at San Francisco this week. And Houston's bad offensive line has gotten worse. Chantrell Henderson. Oh. Shawnshaw Henderson, their right tackles out for the it may, year. It may may have gotten better. I don't know. They're <laughs> going to be starting a rookie now at left tackle because they're moving their left tackle to right. Henderson was bad to begin with, though. He, yeah, it's it is. That's true. Um, but he's a hurricane, so you know. Uh, on defense, Keanu Neal for the Falcons. He's out for the season with the torn ACL. Minnesota's got two banged up cornerbacks: Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waynes. Houston slot cornerback Kevin Johnson's going to miss some time. Pittsburgh cornerback Joe Hayden hurt his hamstring. Uh, as they get ready for Kansas City. Detroit defensive end Ezekiel Ansah left with a shoulder injury. Dallas defensive end Randy Gregory has a concussion, and that's pretty significant for the Cowboys. Um, and Cleveland had lost 13 season openers in a row before they didn't lose this past season opener. They tied. Congratulations. This is their best start since 2004. That's pretty – that's amazing. Uh, let's recap the games for the next, like, 10 minutes or so, and then we will do uh, do the waiver wire. Hardcore into the waiver wire. Green Bay 24, Chicago 23. Jamie, Jamal Williams, was it just the game script got away from them? Yeah, I mean, he didn't have a lot of running room, so they got off to a horrible start, and Rodgers going down didn't help matters at all. Uh, but I was disappointed, clearly. Um, if you were to tell me he was getting 15 touches, I thought he would perform better. Uh, I was really disappointed about his uses in the passing game, two targets and the catches. So with the matchup against the Vikings on the table – Probably not going to do well, especially if Rodgers doesn't play. And then you have Aaron Jones back. So he may have missed his opportunity to solidify himself as the guy. Now, you're not cutting Williams, um, but this is uh, this was not the start you were hoping to see if you are investing in Williams. you got to trade for Aaron Jones. If you just got pick him up. Williams. He's only 60% owned. That would be super. But if he's owned, now's the time. Or trade work. him. If he's owned, you're owned. <laughs> or trade, I, trade Williams to the uh, okay. to the Jones owner. Now, I don't think that the Redskins are going to have a very good run defense. So the three games that the that the uh, Packers have after Aaron Jones returns from suspension in week three, at Washington, home against Buffalo, at Detroit. And that is just a cakewalk, potentially. Yeah, that's nice. That could be for Williams. I don't think he lost the job, but let's not no. overreact. But, you know, it wasn't a great game for him. Uh, he, but the good thing is Montgomery didn't really get that many carries. All right, whatever. So um, Geronimo Allison, Randall Cobb. 
Devontae Adams, they all scored. Uh, Cobb had a beautiful 70-yard catch and run. What do you think of the uh, Packers wide receivers other than Adams? We know what he is. Um, it'll be interesting if the targets stay anywhere close to this even because it's going to be hard for Devontae Adams to be a top 10 guy if he's not dominating targets. And it's going to make Cobb and Allison both flexible, maybe even number two receivers some weeks if they are getting this many targets. So that, that'll be interesting to watch. Frust- those- frustrating because Jimmy Graham didn't do anything. So Nothing. when he does start to get involved, which he will obviously, um, you're just going to probably guess wrong on which Packers receiver the secondary guys because you're going to start Adams most weeks. Adam, run those teams that they're playing in weeks three, four, and five, the Packers. They are at Washington, home against Buffalo, and at Detroit, I think. It's those three teams. Uh, and if they're, yeah. if they're running the ball better against those teams and their defense plays a little bit better, then I don't think anybody's getting close to eight targets. Oh, Rogers no. isn't going to go eight out and targets. have – Forty not plus that attempts many. in those games. I think well, Devontae I mean, Adams is going to get eight targets a game. I think they he had, will, they had, but I don't think the other two. Oh, okay, they had thirty-seven not. pass attempts total. So assume that probably goes up three or four with Rodgers not going out. But he also when they're be, chasing points well, in a high-scoring I, I game, I of course. I don't think he's throwing less than thirty-five pass attempts a game. I don't care how they're running the ball. And and again, Williams had fifteen carries. Put that number at five more. So you go from forty pass attempts to thirty-five, and he gets twenty carries, or the running game gets twenty carries. Because they had 18 total. They also so, only had the ball for 26 minutes, 38 seconds. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're still going to be around 8 to 10 targets each, regardless. Uh, Who do you like better, Cobb or Allison? I'm going to speed it up. Cobb or Allison, rest Cobb. of the season. Cobb, but not by much. I mean, that's how I felt about it going into the season. I'm not changing my opinion on these guys after this game. Because um, they won't have a ton of games like this where they're down big in the second half and... But they're obviously they're going to score more than 24 points, though. I mean, it's not right, like but it, you said it yourself. Graham is going to get more involved in yes. the offense, and the run game should get going. Well, and, and I think we've got to be a little worried about Aaron Rodgers. Did the well? That's, Packers, a, different, that's a different story altogether. I mean, if, if he's if he's does hurt, he survive then, 15 more games? The Packers run one play from the red zone. It, that wouldn't surprise me if that maybe was, two. I, if you want the me to Adams, look it up, the I Adams touchdown, I think was in the red zone. Probably. All right, guys. Uh, we gotta move on. Yeah, we gotta move on. Problem. We gotta move on, or else we'll never get to the waiver wire. Rams thirty-three, Oakland thirteen. Um. All right, Jared. Jared Goff. How do you come away? How do you come out of this game feeling about the passing game for the Rams? Another uh, team just chopped it up. He missed Woods twice, wide open on big plays. Mm-hmm. And they used Cooks as a deep ball threat, and he drew penalties. That helped them out, and that that keeps other guys open. When Goff is accurate, flopped and Mr. Red Zone, Mr. Red Zone was Mr. Red Zone again. Cup, Cooper Cup, they have a really nice chemistry, for sure. And then you talk about even target distribution. Cooks had eight, Woods had nine, Cup had uh, had nine. Nine. So, um, are you encouraged about Brandon Cooks, or do you think he's going to be disappointing? I mean, if he's going to get eight targets weekly, that's much more than Sammy Watkins got. I think Watkins had what eight for the season. So, uh, you know, <laughs> Cooks Cooks involvement. If if it's evenly distributed, it's going to make it frustrating for us. But if they're all going to get eight plus targets on a weekly basis, then they'll have opportunities to be successful. We need to rewind real quick. I think we maybe missed one of the most important things on the Bears Packers game. What's that? Jordan Howard had more targets, more catches, and I believe more routes run than Tariq Cohen. Oh, he was awesome. Yeah, yeah. he really was awesome. He's probably a number one running back. Absolutely. Yeah, he is for this week. Uh, okay, and finally, can we just chalk up the bad game for Cooper to the matchup? 
Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that they went away from both their receivers. I mean, Derek Carr looked awful. It maybe is fantasy wasteland. Do you know that? Uh, I think it's if I heard this correctly on the radio this morning. It, the three highest paid quarterbacks based on their cap hit are Stafford, Garoppolo, and Derek Carr, and they combined for ten interceptions. Cool. The nice thing for the Raiders is I think they can walk away next year for only seven and a half million. Uh, Jordy Nelson, ninety four percent owned. Is he droppable? Not yet. No. Okay. Ten team leagues, yes. Jets forty eight, Detroit seventeen. Absolute domination. Jets scored their first defensive touchdown in seventy four games. Um all right, so look, Powell and Crowell, they both played well. They both played I think the same amount of snaps actually. One of them did not play in the fourth quarter at all when it was a blowout. Does that mean anything to you? That, that was they Powell? Saved one of them. No Crowell. Crowell. Oh. Yeah, I I don't know, because I think Powell had two carries in the fourth quarter. I'm probably going to rank below Powell higher again this week. If Powell doesn't have the thing with his eye, he scores the first touchdown, or at least has the opportunity to score the first touchdown. And then Crowell has the big breakaway run. So I think— It's kind of fluky. Yeah. So I, I think you look at it, you know, the fact that Powell averaged five yards a carry, to me, is is encouraging, and maybe a little bit more so encouraging than what Crowell did, just because, again, the, the big run— is going to make his numbers look much more impressive than it was, and he was off the field because of, you know, uh, uh, an injury situation. And this is a weird game for the Jets because they only threw 21 passes because they had so many big plays, yeah. and 10 of them went to Quincy Anunua. But Powell did get 10% of the targets in this game. Crowell got zero. So I, I, I think Powell's probably still going to be better, even though I'm an idiot moron. Crowell is a, uh, is a very good sell-high candidate. I think that, you know, the Jets receiving core, or the Lions receiving core, I hope it's not going to be one that drives us crazy, but, um, Kenny Galladay had the best game. He had 114 yards on 12 targets. Marvin Jones had eight targets. Well, Golden Tate technically had the best game. He caught, he had the touchdown. He had 15 targets. Uh, who, who's, how would you rank those three rest of the season? I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot, that when both, when Galladay was healthy, both Tate and Jones lost production and their best games came when Galladay missed that five game stretch with the hamstring problem. I think Galladay has the most upside. Galladay definitely has the most upside. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, and a lot of his production came on Tremaine Johnson. And so that was encouraging that they weren't shying away from that matchup. I, I think Claiborne spent a lot of time on Jones. Uh, I haven't looked at it fully yet, but, um, Jones missed uh, a touchdown. Uh, a couple was, of them. It was a bad throw. Three, three, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, the, the one for sure that he could have had, but it, was, it wasn't the easiest throw, uh, throw and catch. But um, Tate, I think, is still the safest play. Uh, Jones and Galladay, I think, are going to kind of flip flop production week in week out. Tate is the safest for sure in PPR. I don't know if he's. I'm ready to say that non PPR, but because that run game is still so bad, that opens up Tate to be that run game extension, which is part of what he does, and that helps him. Get those targets, get those catches, and get those yards. Three deep targets from Marvin Jones. I think he had four total targets that involved the end zone, either near the end zone or into the end zone. So I'm not ready to write him. And off I think all yet. four hit his hands. <laughs> um, now they weren't Maybe. all what I would call catchable, but we knew there was some regression coming from Marvin Jones. He wasn't going to average 18 yards a catch and score nine touchdowns again. No, but they tried to make that happen. Right. They, we may have seen some of the regression last night. Game. Well, and I think you'll see it go the other way some weeks where he will catch those deep passes and Galladay won't have 100 yards. They need to fire Jim Bob Cooter. Wow. One game in and we're ready to fire Jim Bob Cooter. The Jets knew exactly what he was doing. They said so. Yeah, they did. (laughs) I just, I just like his name. 
Well, he was he was pretty, you know, we, we get he was given we were giving him a lot of praise when he first took over. He did a good job. I I think they need to fire Matt Patricia. Uh they're like I am so I'm kidding by the way, but I did mention this a lot of times. Like it was reported, you know, what they gave up on the ground without Haloti Nada last year when he got hurt. And they don't have him. And I really thought they were going to have one of the worst run defenses. And so far, they're off to a wonderful start. Uh, they they are looking like a great matchup for running backs. Yeah, they, no, they I, I, I think Breida and Alfred Morris are certainly in play next week by far. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, you know, it's not the best week for me, but FanDuel, FanDuel was fun. I came in 317th out of 1,176 people in our Fantasy Football Today Listeners League. Now, I did actually enter twice, unfortunately. I didn't actually mean to do that. What a cheater. I, I didn't mean to do that, I swear. What I a cheater. You're uh, multi-entering our own I contest? didn't do it on purpose. Um, I thought I was entering another contest, and oops, I donated another $5 to um, to our listeners. We actually did get an email from our listener. Uh, his name, I think, is Jeffrey. And he won. He won the FanDuel contest, so congratulations, sir. You know how much he won? $500. $500. So get awesome. in on that. You, you can, want to know his lineup? No, you he, can he get in on that. Happy. Hold on. For for $5 a week, you can play against us. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Go there. FanDuel.com slash FFT. And you can compete against us, set your lineup, and win $500. And there are actually more than 200 people are going to win some money. So I didn't miss the cup by much. Uh, but we love it. We have a great time. Uh, you know, you said it. You, you get an opportunity to have players that aren't on your seasonal teams. And that's what I probably like the most about it. Like I said, uh, I didn't have Dalvin Cook on any team, so I put him in as my flex in my FanDuel lineup. And uh, it's really fun. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or not, there's something for everyone on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT, and if you make your first deposit, you get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Ordinarily, I would win that, uh, read that winning lineup, but uh, instead I think we need to move on and get to the waiver wire. Also, you need to go to Sportsline.com. So this is interesting. The the Patriots Jaguars game opened as a pick'em, and here's a uh, stat I saw on CBS with Brady as their starting quarterback. The last time the Patriots were not favored came in Week 11 of the 2014 season, and they beat the Colts 42 to 20 as three-point underdogs. So the Patriots are always a great bet when they are not favored. See what Sportsline has to say about it. Go to Sportsline.com/slash/join. Use the promo code Fantasy. For your first month for $1. It's only 10 bucks a month after that. It's a gambling site. It's a fantasy site. We got great injury analysis, by the way, on Sportsline. Sportsline.com slash join. Use the promo code fantasy. All right, to the waiver wire. Let's talk about these guys. Quarterbacks that you could use either for week two or going forward. Who are we looking at, Jamie? Tyrod Taylor is the best one. I don't think that's close um, given what he showed you with his running, which was uh, – the best part of his game against the Steelers because he only completed 37.5% of his passes. Uh, weather could have had an impact on that, but as Josh Gordon gets more involved, I think the passing game will get better. But uh, I think given the matchup against the Saints, not that he's going to do what Ryan Fitzpatrick did, but I think in a situation where they are chasing points, he will be successful not only this week, but have success moving forward. The, uh, the Saints, going back to last year, have given up 318 or more passing yards to four straight quarterbacks. And I don't see that happening with Tyrod Taylor. It's not his game, but uh, it may, I don't know. May, we got to see how their defense does because it's it didn't finish well, and it certainly didn't start well in 2018. So Taylor at the Saints. Um, there's Keenum, Dalton. Anybody want Keenum or Dalton this week? I would 
I've got Keenum ranked one spot ahead of Taylor this week. I'd much rather have Taylor for the rest of the year. But I do expect that he'll have a good game against the Raiders. Okay. Uh, Keenum gets the Raiders, and he had 25 fantasy points, even though he had three interceptions. Pretty lucky, I think, Case Keenum, to get those 25 fantasy points. Um, Dal- Dalton has Baltimore. Baltimore was great against quarterbacks last year. I think they allowed the fewest fantasy points. Dalton coming off a nice game, 19 fantasy points on only 28 pass attempts. Uh, Dave, you want to weigh in? Taylor, Keenum, Dalton? No, I mean, I think those, I think Taylor and Keenum are probably the top two. I don't think anybody's ready to buy into Ryan Fitzpatrick just yet as a one week band-aid. Same thing with, uh, Dalton. Same thing with Darnold. I think I we'll, I think we'll, we'll disagree on Darnold. number three. Cause I think it's Darnold. I just don't really want to, when am I, when, what am I picking him up for? What's the, what's the purpose? Yeah, I, I just think he took advantage of a bad defense. Right. Which he could do again with Miami if they're bad. I don't think Miami's a bad defense. Oh. I don't think they'll be bad at, bad at home. I'm not sure that they won't be bad on the road. But who, so who's picking up quarterbacks this week? Obviously if you. Aaron Rodgers owners for sure. I got another one that's just like that though. And that's Deshaun Watson. Because that line went from not very good to really, really bad. There are people that started Dak Prescott week one too. Yeah, sure. So you can oh, move it, on it, from it, him. I, I get it. I'm sorry. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm talking not about, starting any of these guys over Watson. Watson's still a top five. No, 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 no. Week. I'm talking about I need an insurance policy on my bench because I don't know how much longer Deshaun Watson's going to last. I, he's, he's, he's dropping back in the pocket and he's slow to read and that offensive line can't hold up for more than two seconds. He also played against a team that had Six months to prepare for him and know what to expect because they faced him last year. He was without his second best receiver. And as bad as that line looked, he still gave you 40 yards rushing, which is going to help his rushing because he's going to have to escape the pocket a lot. So while he may die, <laughs> that, that could certainly happen. I don't think his offensive line is going to necessarily increase his fantasy value dramatically or tear it down dramatically because, I mean, you can say the same thing about Mahomes. He's going to have a bad offensive line in front of him. He's still going to make plays. I mean, you know, it, it, it it's a byproduct of, I think the the upside versus the downside, yes, but I don't think it's it's uh, it's enough to make me say I'm I'm benching Deshaun Watson okay. unless he's playing Jacksonville, which is going to happen two more yes. times. Yes, I I don't I would not One mention this week. Though. I would not mention this. No, this week at all. no, but, no, 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 no. But like, I do I, agree I with Dave that, that you're watching this week. I want to if he has another game where he looks like he did as a passer. Then I'm considering benching him. Maybe I didn't communicate this the right way. If I've got Deshaun Watson as my starter, I'd like to have a good backup quarterback on my bench. Makes sense. Or I'd like to identify minimum three quarterbacks on the waiver wire who I can go and pick up in case of emergency. So I'm basically right, what yeah, I'm so, doing is, so who is, is, it? is kind of putting some it? doom and gloom on on Deshaun Watson. Here, Let, let's play the long know. game. Forget about Watson because you're right. We should talk if it's Watson. If you own Matthew Stafford, um, if you're concerned about Rodgers, is your, also one. Of them. Yeah, if you have Rodgers, you obviously need to look at a quarterback. But but that's but let's talk long term. Who are the guys that like? Does Mitchell Trubisky have long term upside? Uh, does does Sam Darnold? Does Ryan Tannehill? Uh, at least upside to be worth worthy of a start. You know, you're gonna think this Tyrod is gross, Taylor. but Tyrod is one, but Flacco's another. I think Flacco played great. It was Buffalo. You can say what you will about Buffalo, but he's he's been reborn a little bit, and I think they wanted to show it off in that game against Buffalo. And I think they'll continue to show it off. I think Flacco is going to be a good backup quarterback. Yeah, but not this week though. Short week on on the road. Again, don't not ready to start Joe Flacco this week over any of the guys that we've talked about. Wouldn't even stream him, but. He's a guy that, okay, one of the three quarterbacks that are on waivers who 
I would turn to in case of emergency with my starter. So Fitzpatrick, I mean, I think it's actually a shame that he has Philadelphia because I, I wouldn't completely dismiss him. You know, he's now in his last five games with 30 or more pass attempts. He's had 20 or more fantasy points three times. Uh, but I don't think you can trust him against the Eagles, right? No. Yeah. You don't uh, have to. You don't have to. Uh, Trubisky, 33% owned. Like, just, it was frustrating because I thought he looked pretty good. He just, like, didn't really throw the ball downfield and. They got way too conservative after getting the lead. And then when it was the, you know, the drive at the end of the game, he looked terrible. He, he looked jittery. It's not a good look. So, yeah, I guess we're going to be kind of bearish on Trubisky, not rushing to pick him up and then dropping. Uh, you know, who, who are some guys that you'd be hesitant to drop? It's only one week. Let's not freak out about Stafford. Sure. Not yet. And Ben. People are going to drop Ben. No, they're not. Who's dropping Ben? Yeah. Oh, they definitely will. He was the number 12 quarterback in ADP. Like don't people were barely ben. drafting him as a starter. I don't think people are dropping Ben Roth. He's going nuts I, this week. I know. I think he, I think he's going nuts this yeah, week. He's, he's my number two quarterback. Me too. He's going to be our starter of the week this week. Ooh, fun. All right. Ben Roethlisberger. And uh Dak Prescott, Eli Manning, Marcus Mariota, how droppable are they? Yes. 100%. You can. Matt Ryan should be on the list too, smaller leagues. But the problem is like look at the waiver wire guys. Like if Tyrod Taylor is is number one with a bullet here, I don't want to drop Prescott, Mariota, and, and Eli. I'd rather have Taylor than any of them. That's fine, but then then just him. But what I'm saying is like would you rather have Keenum than any of, than all of them? Would you rather have Dalton? Would you rather have Flacco? It's probably going to be a matchup thing. And like, it's too easy. It's too early to give up on Eli Manning, I think. Play Jacksonville, for God's sure. sake. And if he had just hit, three if years he had ago, hit, too oh, early to give up on Eli If he had Eli just Manning? hit Odell Beckham for a wide open 33 yard touchdown, he would have had a good game against Jacksonville. If he was a better quarterback. He was He's not that good of a quarterback, but guess what? Tyrod Taylor was 15 of 40. Tyrod Taylor was 15 of 40 he as the run. number one draft pick sitting on the bench. You're way too high on Tyrod Taylor. Like, do you think Tyrod Taylor is better than Carson Wentz, for goodness sake? Come as, on. As a giant, as a Giants fan, after watching last night, would you rather than take Sam Darnold or Saquon? Yes, Martin? Sam Darnold. That, I, that no, whole that okay. was like, you guys are so stupid. Um, don't drop Carson Wentz, please. Uh, alright, running backs, running backs. So with Fournette banged up, Freeman should be fine. We don't know about Michelle. Hopefully we get Marlon Mack back this week. Hills out for Jeremy Hills out for the year. Kenneth Dixon's banged up. Garrett Bunt's banged up. We got T.J. Yeldon. We talked about him at the top of the show. You definitely want T.J. Yeldon. Uh, Philip. Well, sorry, you don't definitely want T.J. Yeldon, but yes, you do. I think you should add him regardless. Okay, could be a waste. Of course, it could be a waste. Right? Yes. We we don't know if. If, uh, he's even gonna get a he chance could, to play in week two. He could he, be the waste, in, a waste in as much as every handcuff or backup running he back. He is an waste. injury prone running back in terms of Leonard Fournette that just started to have a soft tissue injury. If that is a recurrence and he misses several weeks, which last week he missed two games in a row, one was because of a suspension, but he still missed multiple weeks last season, then I think you could see a scenario where TJ Yeldon gets a ton of work. And what we see last year, when Fournette went down, Chris Ivory and Yeldon at separate times were very successful. Okay. Uh, Philip Lindsay is only 2% owned. How, how owned do you think Philip Lindsay should be? 70? Yeah. He'll be in the 50 to 60s. Okay. Austin Eckler had 10 touches for more than 100 yards and a touchdown, and he's at Buffalo this week. So, yeah. Good start him this week. Mm-hmm. Buck Allen, he's been talking about, makes some good points. 
Collins did fumble. Allen caught five passes, and they have uh, Cincinnati on the road this week. Aaron Jones, we just talked about uh, why you might want to pick him up. He has one more game. If Jamal Williams doesn't do well against Minnesota, which is a possibility, maybe Aaron Jones has a nice role when he comes back in week three at Washington. Uh, Naeem Hines, we didn't talk about him, so we got some pass catchers here. Naeem Hines with seven catchers, Theo Riddick with five. Uh, Jamie, uh, are, you, are you picking up Hines or Riddick in anything other than PPR? No, uh, they're, they're PPR options. Hines, I think, will uh, be somewhat dependent on how healthy Marlon Mack is, but Riddick could benefit without Blunt in there because if they're trailing based on their defense and they're in these hurry-up situations, he's going to have playing. a lot of five-catch games. He'll have some more carries, too, because I don't think they're going to just Take Legarrette Blunt's workload, which in week one was four carries. That probably goes. He'd to get more. Oh yeah, that's true. Abdullah could come back. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Hines, I think, is locked into this passing downs gig, even when Robert Turbin comes even back. Even when Robert Turbin comes back. <laughs> uh, Frank Gore had nine carries for sixty-one yards, but uh, Jamie's got him uh, last on this list. He's just twenty-five percent. Oh, and Frank Gore. So yeah, it's going to be Yeldon. It's going to be Lindsey Eckler, Buck Allen, probably the the top four there. Who to drop? I think Devontae Booker's an easy drop, right? Yep. Yep. If you're the Royce Freeman owner, would you drop Booker? You don't like Booker's. Yeah, to get Lindsay. Just as an example. Like you're gonna try and get Lindsay. If you have Freeman, you've got to try and get Lindsay. Uh Ronald Jones an easy drop? Or no? I don't see why you need to be patient with him. I think Tampa Bay would like to drop him at this point. Yeah, right. (laughs) I would I would much rather hold on to him than either of the other two guys you put on this list. Giovanni Bernard and Devontae Booker. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying something bad about Giovanni Bernard? I'm not saying anything bad. I, I uh, relinquished my claim on Team Geo on Sunday. They're not using him. Yeah. He's a handcuff. Jordan Wilkins? Should we hang on to him? Yes. Uh, Rashad Penny? Should we hang on to him? Absolutely. Yes. I'm trying to think. Uh, anybody else that you could see being dropped? Uh, you could drop Jeremy Hill. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine, Heath. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Thanks. Uh, let's go to wide receiver. <laughs> wide receiver. Uh, we've got Doug Baldwin, Goodwin, Fuller, Jeffrey, Parker, Deposit Parker, Deshaun Jackson, all dealing with injuries. Goodwin hopefully back this week. Same with Fuller. So Quincy Anunwa is number one. Does anybody disagree with Quincy Anunwa as the number one? I think Dave did, right? I did. I'm still gonna go Godwin. It, does that, does that matter? Does that depend on uh, D- uh, Deshaun Jackson's availability? No, no. But it's going to be better if Deshaun Jackson misses some time. Okay. More targets open up for him. Godwin only had four targets, but he did catch a touchdown. Three catches, forty-one yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Kenny Galladay. So Anunua, Godwin, Galladay. Are they must adds? Yes, and I'll take Galladay over Godwin. So you're going to go Anunua, Galladay, Godwin? Yes. He- Jamie, you're the same way? Anunua, um, Galladay, Godwin? No, I'm Anunua, Godwin, Galladay. But yes, Adam, they all should be added. Okay. John Brown. So then the rest of the list is a lot of guys that are pretty interesting. John Brown for the Ravens. Uh, so he's at Cincinnati this week. Yeah, that's my number four. Brandon Marshall, Tyler Lockett, and Geronimo Allison. Let's stop there. John Brown, Brandon Marshall, Tyler Lockett, Geronimo Allison. Your thoughts on that group? I'd rather have the Seattle receivers than John Brown, and I love John Brown. I'm, I'm kind of scared of the Baltimore situation with, like we talk about, it's okay when the Packers receivers all have eight to ten targets, 
it's confusing. It's no, hard to know which one to rank the highest, but it's fine. They can all be good. Same thing with the Rams. With the Ravens, Willie Sneed and Michael Crabtree got six targets. John Brown got four. They had two other players get six. It's like they it's played the Bills. They all four touchdowns last week. Yeah, they played the Bills right. too. That's got to count. Another another thing that's just not going to happen every week. But I liked I liked how often he was on the field. Sneed is the slot guy. You could tell that Flacco is all about using those tight ends. And I wish there was one tight end that we could identify there as being the guy. Like this is where Hayden Hurst really could. Oh yeah. Like like dominate in fantasy once he gets back on the field and shows he can be an every down player. But the difference for me is I can start Brandon Marshall or Tyler Lockett this week as a, as a flex and feel perfectly good about it. I think John Brown's in that conversation too. Even on a short week. I think there's more, there's more upside with him. Oh, for yeah. sure. And and that's what I would bank on with the uncertainty of, look, Baldwin could be two to three weeks. you know, And if that's the case, then which is the better Seattle secondary receiver? Right. Hopefully know. we'll know by then. Well, let me tell you something <laughs> I, actually that I that I overlooked. I, I wish I had looked at this, but I think actually the schedule for Lockett and Marshall might be kind of tough. At Chicago, they really might have a very good defense. Um, Dallas, mm-hmm. they Dallas likes their young secondary. Uh, I liked I liked how Dallas's defense played against Carolina. At Arizona, that might not be easy. And then the Rams, that's their next four games: at Chicago, Dallas, at Arizona, and the Rams. Maybe I should have factored that in more when I proclaimed how much I wanted to add Tyler Lockett. Uh, you know. Yeah, but like Chicago and Arizona are m- much more theoretical. I think like they were not good defenses in Week One. Uh, and, and, I don't and, know. The Bears, like the Bears, I think did pretty well. Could. All things considered, they and, played, well, Heath. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 I'm done. No, Heath. Your point about John Brown's targets. Right. That was in a blowout. Yeah. Whereas Marshall and Lockett in competitive games, they topped out at six targets. Yeah, so, but Brown's targets came before it was a blowout. That, 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 that's he my point, though. That's my point, though, is that oh, is that Brown would have yeah. had more if the game was competitive. At least the assumption would be that. Right. And Marshall and Lockett, while Russell Wilson needed them, they yeah. didn't have such huge target. Distribution. Can I toss another name out there? Yeah. This isn't long term. This is certainly short term and probably not good for week two, but Philip Dorsett got seven targets from Tom Brady, caught a touchdown, didn't have a great receiving average, but that stood out to me. And that yeah, might yeah. be another receiver for until Edelman comes back. You can't use I win my stash. No, you can't. So you're basically talking about maybe a one. At Detroit week three, Miami week four. And do you think Chris Hogan's going to be so uninvolved? No. So that's why I wouldn't even bother with Phil Dorsett unless you're talking about deeper leagues with a late waiver. We got to talk about Geronimo Allison. Geronimo Allison, uh, John Ross, Mike Williams, these young wide receivers that could be in good offenses. You know, there are a lot, there are so many names on this list. I really think you should just read the article, but I need you guys to kind of sum it up and like who has the most upside? Who would you be looking at? Allison, Pettis, Ted Ginn, John Ross, Cole Beasley, Mike Williams, Ryan Grant, Philip Dorsett, Willie Sneed, Tyrell Williams, Bruce Ellington, Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> uh, yes, I listed every receiver in the NFL. Basically. Um, I, I would have put Allison ahead of the Seahawks guys if we know for sure that Rodgers is 100%. Uh, also, to Heath's point, if you need someone to start this week, you're not starting Allison over probably Marshall or Lockett, just given the matchup against Minnesota. So this is kind of, I always struggle with this when I write the column of, Long term versus short term. And so short term, the, the Seahawks guys are a little bit better because again, Marshall's situation and comparatively to Rogers situation. So 
if you're just looking for a long-term stash, I think Allison has more upside than the Seahawks guys and maybe even John Brown. But I, I, I mean, you know how much I liked him coming into the season, so it was encouraging to see the way he played. But we just, just so, so much uncertainty right now with that situation. Are you ready for another Heath flip-flop or Heath 180? Mike Williams. Mike, Mike yeah. Williams. Over Tyrell. Yeah. Uh, well, no, every, over everybody you just mentioned. Uh, okay, so would you, so, had, Anunwa, so give me your, give me your priorities then. Where would you put Mike Williams? Well, no, we, I'm like, with you. The top six or seven, I think, are the same. Okay. It's just okay. in a different order. But after you get past the Seattle wide receivers, they threw the ball deep to Tyrell Williams. He dropped a touchdown. Travis Benjamin dropped a touchdown and, and cost himself another 40 yards or something on another drop. In the second half of that game, Philip Rivers just started throwing the ball to Mike Williams and Mike Williams caught it and looked like a good receiver. I'm, Definitely more excited about him than I am John Ross, who got two targets and had three yards. We didn't even see Williams score, which is going to be a huge part of his game because he's got that big size and single coverage in the end zone. I'm not saying he's, he's going there to be yet. Appealing to Rivers, that was a big step. Actually, it's a guy you want to stash. That's definitely a guy you want to stash. Again, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Only 54 percent owned. And they've he's got at Buffalo. The, at the least. And usually he's going cross country to Buffalo is actually a pretty tough thing to do. I, I don't know that we're going to feel that way this week when the Chargers go there. Um, tight ends we got to talk about here. And by, I think we'll just save team name Tuesday for tomorrow. We'll do team name Tuesday on a Wednesday. So I've got uh, your team names. I will get to them. Try to get some emails at the end of the show. But tight ends, all right, we've talked about George Kittle. He'd be our number one priority. Jared Cook Eric Ebron, Ben Watson, Austin Safarian Jenkins, Jamie. That's how you rank the top four after Kittle. Cook, Ebron, Watson, Safarian Jenkins. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's hard to get past what Cook's involvement was in that game last night with the 12 targets and how he was used, and he looked explosive. So uh, I, I guess we'll chase the unicorn for one week and see how it goes. But if there is a week to buy into it with all the injuries of tight end and the matchup, um, you know, I, I think there's an opportunity him for opportunity here for him to build off that. I still think Jack Doyle is going to be the better of the two tight ends for the Colts, but Ebron had the biggest play, and you know is going to be a significant playmaker. And then Watson, Safarian, Jenkins are still going to be involved in in their respective offenses. If Safarian Jenkins scores the touchdown, the perception of him is going to be different, but it's almost Safarian Jenkins, so he didn't score again. <laughs> uh, but this is a team that is without a clear cut number one receiver, and you, you saw Bortles look for him in the red zone. You also look for Niles Paul in the red zone, so he's going to lean on his tight ends because. Uh, you look at the size of his receivers, you know, they're not very big, uh, outside of Moncrief and Moncrief stinks. Um, and Watson, while he didn't have a huge game in a, in a, in a game where Drew Brees threw for 400 plus yards, he was still fourth in targets. Cameron Meredith didn't play. Uh, and, and so there'll be better days for him ahead. But the fact that he's still involved in this offense and what he did in 2015, I think that's worth buying into. I like John U. Smith after a lot of those guys. I think he's got some good potential in this offense. Uh, yeah. I liked him coming out of FIU a couple of years ago. I think he's got some upside to him. He's got a little bit of athleticism. He would actually be third on this list for me. I'd go Cook, Ebron, and then Jono. I don't know if I love going Cook over Ebron, just knowing who Jerry Cook is and what well, he's done. As much as I love Eric Ebron. At least Eric Ebron. <laughs> you know who Eric Ebron is. But I, I feel like his role is pretty well-defined in Indianapolis. I think there's a lack of great receivers. I'm going to say the same thing that I did during – the preseason. Who's that number two guy? Now, if you're going to go off of targets, Cook or Cook, Ebron wasn't even fourth, I don't think. Right? Because Ryan Grant had more, Doyle Grant, had more, and Hines had more, and Hines had more and too. Had more. And Cook's the number one in Oakland. Well, sure. Yeah, I, I, he was. I, I just think with I, he just makes me nervous. Ba- based on on 
you know, Gruden and Olsen and how they featured Cook, you know, it, it, if it was no Doyle, like if, if you were to say that Doyle's getting the Alice Collins treatment because he fumbled and he's going to be benched, then it's Ebron with, without a question. Yeah. But the fact that he was five targets less than Doyle and if you take away the touch, like the worst, I, I think this is big for when people are looking at the waiver wire. I know Adam trying to rush his line. I apologize, but right. when people are looking at waiver wire claims and looking at production from especially week one, please do not chase touchdowns. That is the worst mistake you can make is chase touchdowns. Look at usage, look at targets, look at playing time. That's so much more important than a guy falling into the end zone. As good as Ebron's catch may be, Doyle was much more involved. And so Cook was much more involved. Those things are so much more important than what the guy scoring that the Mm -hmm. guy scoring gave you because that's not replicable. So you're not a fan of Will Disley? I like Disley, given the offense. But yeah, he's interesting. I mean, he has. That's the best way to put it. He's interesting. I'd rather have him than ASJ. I'll take John Smith over both. Well, Smith, Smith, well, how do we feel about Smith's matchups? He's got Houston, then at Jacksonville, then Philadelphia in his next three games. I don't know what to expect from Houston in terms of how they're going to cover tight ends, but this does seem like three kind of tough matchups for Johnny Smith in a row. I don't mind the matchup against Houston at home. The next two I do have trouble with. I think and then he's got Baltimore two weeks after that Philly game. So yeah, those matchups are tough. But aren't teams like Jacksonville is not going to be bad against tight ends, but that's how you're going to have to attack them in yeah, passing, right? Over true. the middle. You can't. Marcus the Giants tried to do it, and Evan Ingram gave the ball away. Yeah, oh, they tried, catch. though. <laughs> um, so Ian Thomas is Greg Olson's replacement. Ricky Seals-Jones has a good matchup at the Rams. Um, Antonio Gates is at Buffalo. You can look at these guys. A- any interest in a Dallas tight end against the Giants? No. No, the curse is broken. Nah, well, I don't know. It did get called back. Um, and then, hey, where's O.J. Howard, dude? 42% owned. He had a lot more snaps than Cameron Bray. And he had, that's he had always been the case. Two targets. I, he, he, he got into my top 20, uh, tight ends this week. So I'm moving him up. Yeah, he's got the Eagles. It's not going to be a good week for him. Um, so forget I said it. Uh, kickers, Dustin Hopkins, Ryan Suckup, Cody Parkey. They could have good, good weeks. And DSTs. This is not the best week for DST streamers. Like the great matchups are, are defenses that are already like widely owned, but, Jamie's got the Bears against Seattle, the Patriots at Jacksonville, and the Panthers at Atlanta. The Bears. I the like Pats, the other the side of that uh, Panthers Falcons game. Falcons. Oh yeah, the Falcons. Me too. Without Neal. Cam's Cam's track record is terrible against this defense. And I think without he, Neal in there, I think that's going to be a bad defense. Though. I don't think really? it's a bad, bad defense. And they'll. That's their first. It's their home opener. It's Cam on the road, and I, I think the first game or two, Cam without Olsen. He may not be quite the same. Passing the ball. Yeah. Um, Falcons, yeah, 29% own. Interesting. And and they lost their right tackle, too. Right? Panthers did, yeah. Yeah. Darrell Williams, he left mm-hmm. again. So I don't know what his status is. Um, all right, Falcons. Any other streamers, DSTs you guys want to talk about? It's not it really not not the best streaming week for DSTs. No. There was one kicker that uh, I like that we didn't talk about. That's Sturgis. Yeah, I love Sturgis. As long as the weather cooperates in Buffalo. Right. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's read some emails. Finish the show with your emails. By the way, Adam Vinatieri is seventy percent owned. Uh, should he be? Is he a hit kicker that should be a hundred percent owned? Vinatieri. Yes. Yeah, sure. Good luck healthy. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He probably should be. I. I. He's. I like him a lot more when he's indoors. But. Fair. 
John in Pittsburgh. Hey, Larry, Curly, and Moe. I drafted James Conner in the 14th round. I do not own Le'Veon Bell. Uh, should I trade Connor for Lamar Miller? Nope. I think you could get more than that. I'm a, such a great situation with Ingram. If he, if Bell is in fact coming back at the end of the month, I think I'd just ride Connor out. He does have Mark Ingram. Yeah. Uh, this is from Danimal from Cape Carl, Florida. Dear Skeeter, Doug, Roger, and Patty. That is a TV show named of one of the characters mentioned. Doug, yeah, right? Thank you. Yes. You watched that when you were a kid, yeah, right? Did, you yes. guys should have heard how good I did on the mailbag with these names. Oh, yeah. It was, it was amazing. It was like big time. Big time. All right. Uh, I have Royce Freeman. Should I pick up Philip Lindsay and drop Dion Lewis, Carson, Thompson, Eckler, Mike Williams? Standard scoring. I love all those guys. I don't want to drop any of them. Yeah, I wouldn't drop any of those guys for Philip Lindsay. I don't, I mean, I would rather have Philip Lindsay than Mike Williams in a vacuum, but if I have a team with Carson, Lewis, Thompson, and Eckler on my bench, I don't know. He also only has a certain amount of free agent moves. I, I would drop, Eck, if I had Royce Freeman, I would drop Eckler for Lindsay. I drop Williams for Lindsay. Well, then he's got, then what if he's he has a little bit of a roster imbalance know. at that point, right? Like, cause he's got too many bench running backs. It sounds like Mike Williams is his only bench receiver and he has four bench running backs. But like, wouldn't you rather have Trade Lindsay? Trade two of the running backs. Wouldn't you rather two have two Lindsay or, and Eckler? Lindsay over Eckler if you were the Freeman owner? I would try and trade Eckler to the Gordon owner or Thompson to the Peterson owner. Thompson looked good, by the way. He did. So did Peterson. Peterson looked good too. Peterson had a lot of run in the second half. Thompson looked good. Brian from DC. Dear Benny, Vivian, Giselle, and Tom. Beautiful people. I don't know who Benny Benny and Vivian are. Tom Brady's pretty beautiful. Uh, Brian says, half PPR, need help at wide receiver and running back. So um, is there a question here? Oh, should I drop any of these guys? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Doug Baldwin, Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack, Matt Breida, Jamison Crowder. Crowder, maybe. I think Crowder's the most droppable. Okay. No name or city, Dave. Who do we got here? Hans from St. Paul, Minnesota. Hans says, on a scale of 1 to 10 on the crazy-o-meter, how crazy is it to start both Golden Tate and Kenny Galladay? Well, Matthew Stafford looked great. Stafford was awesome. So, you know, if you want to buy into uh, him doing that on a weekly basis. um, He just threw a bunch of bad throws like the interceptions were disgusting and he got hurt i think the receivers played fine those guys were fine reading the rest of the email it's not crazy at all he'd have to start him over crabtree i'd start them both over crabtree yeah i I went back and looked this is the first four interception game for stafford since 2013 in 2015 he did have a game with uh, 188 yards one touchdown and three picks against arizona it was a terrible game he followed that up with 405 yards and four touchdowns and an interception against the Bears the next week. So he's reverse Jared Cook. Hopefully, yes. Exactly. He's uh, normally a very good quarterback. Rob in Western Pennsylvania, 16 team standard league, just lost to Laney Walker. Do I put a moderate to high fab bid on Ebron? Do I put a low to average bid on Jonu Smith? Do I put a low to no bid on on like a week one guy like on like a one week guy like Charles Clay? What do you do if you just lost Walker? Spend a lot on Ebron? Some on Smith or basically nothing on someone like Charles Clay. I wouldn't go moderate high on Ebron. I'd go low to moderate on Ebron. 
and then have Jonu Smith as the backup. I'm looking at like 10% on Ebron. Like, it's a 16. Yeah, but in a 16 team league, you're going to have to stop. And he just lost Delaney Walker. So you might want to go a little bit higher than that. Remember, when you're bidding on tight ends this week, there are two owners looking for a starter because Walker and Olsen both went down. So you have to be somewhat aggressive with it unless you're just going to try and say, okay, if I miss on Cook, if I miss on Ebron, if Kittle's not available, do I settle for Jonu Smith or Ian Thomas or Disley or any of these guys that are going to be widely available? You just hope that you get your secondary option. But if you want to get the guy that you want in Cook or Ebron, most likely, you have to be a little bit more aggressive with your bidding. Do you put in a trade offer for Jimmy Graham? And try yeah, or Trey Burton and idea. try and get one of those guys after a bad game. Maybe the owner who drafted them is feeling a little skittish. It's a good idea. Sure. Uh, from Bruce, last or one. Ertz, or Ertz or Kelsey. L- last one here. Yeah, but those guys. Wait, I don't think we answered the, the question. People love those guys. You would okay. You would do like a moderate bid on Eric Ebron. Let's call it twenty percent on Ebron. Yeah, I'd go ten on Ebron, five on Janu, four on Janu. Okay. Last one from Bruce. Where's he from? Dalton, Illinois. I am the Melvin Gordon owner, and I'm trading I'm trading Eckler to the guy who thinks yesterday is how Eckler will be used all year, right? There's no shot they become Ingram Kamara like this season, right? Or like last season. Could happen. I mean, you heard what, what Pete Prisco, Drink, told us that uh <laughs> in, in in Los Angeles when he was out talking to Philip Rivers that Rivers thinks he could be his Danny Woodhead. So if that's gonna be the case and he's getting what do you have, six targets in the game? Five targets in the game? Oh, yeah, he caught five all five targets. Five catches, so, so, right? Yeah, five targets, five catches, five carries. Um, the the nice thing is is he did that with Gordon going off. It wasn't like Gordon was having a bad game. Gordon was fantastic. What happens if Gordon goes down? He's a star. And what happens if this just continues? Now, they're not going to be chasing points like this, especially this week against Buffalo. But I think Eckler can be penciled in for 10 touches on a weekly basis. And can he get you 50, 60 total yards in those 10 touches and then score – few times on top of it, I think that's realistic. That said, he could be a good sell-high candidate. Absolutely. Right, yeah. yeah. It depends what you're getting, which is always the case. I just had a terrible thought. Uh Uh-oh. Let's say somebody offered you uh, in a PPR league Derrick Henry for Austin Eckler. Take Henry? You're not... You get that trade offer? No. I just... I was looking at my rankings trying to... Like, we're talking about selling high on Austin Eckler. And that would be buying low, theoretically, on Derrick Henry. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a great buy low candidate. I mean, the ultimate sell-high candidate, though, is James Conner. All right. Well, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is your Waiver Wire show. Wednesday. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold on. No. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no I'm not holding God for nothing. No, wait, wait, what? No. no. Gotta go back. Ah, there it is. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, terrible. Bye.